0: You know, All right Why break well, let's with tradition?: kick it, huh? <laughs> I said, why break with tradition?
1: <laughs> yeah, of course. Well, I'm Pablo Morali Martinez.
0: And I'm Ernesto Mancibo.
1: And together we are the Robots vs Texas program.:
0: On Radio Free Brooklyn.
1: Yes, and once again we are w- once again, we are doing <laughs> our um, our long-running segment. Wherein we pit two movies against each other, uh, we do a movie fight, we discuss the ins and the outs and the nooks and crannies, and uh, everything in between. Uh,
0: I feel like this one is going to be pretty philosophical, because I have, <laughs> I have very strong feelings about our robo and AI future.
1: <laughs> so, um, which one shall we, shall we discuss first? want to do Upgrade and then Ex Machina?
0: That sounds good to me.
1: Okay. Uh, all right. So, so. I,
0: re- I remember when uh, when we went to go see that film, you were just sort of... Uh, I hadn't really heard of the film, but of course you, uh, having your ear to the ground, to the uh, the dope shit that comes out, you were just like, dude, we got to go see this movie. And uh, we went to a pretty cool theater in Manhattan. Um it was like, I don't know what time of day we went to, but we were like probably one of the uh, two out of five whole people in that theater. I remember if I'm remembering correctly. Yes. Uh, with the motorized reclining seats.
1: I remember watching one trailer for it. I forget where it was. It might have been on YouTube. Um, And I I had been strongly desiring. Like I, I, I had an itch. It was a cyberpunk itch. Mm hmm. And it needed to be scratched, and thankfully, upgrade was there to be like, you know, hey man, I got some cortisone. You should really rub this on your skin. <laughs> um, it's really weird, <laughs> but okay. But yeah, so I was just like, dude, we got to go see this. We ended up go- going to see it. It was. It's by uh, the writer of the Saw series, uh, Lee Wanell. Mm-hmm. He was also. In the, <laughs> if you look really closely, he was in the Matrix Reloaded. Um, he was the guy that was going incoming, incoming. You know, with the with the crutches oh. on the other ship.
0: Oh, that was him. Oh, yeah, that's him. Yeah. Holy cow! Yeah. Uh, <laughs> this movie had several different tones to it. I have to admit, like it started off pretty tragically. Um, <laughs> yes. And that but throughout the movie had some pretty uh, some moments of levity and almost like it's almost slapstick, to tell you the truth, very graphic slapstick (laughs) to be to be quite honest. But um, it's sort of like, you know, it was like, okay, we're a cool movie. We got to give the main character a motivation, but we're not going to take ourselves too seriously the whole time, at least not until the very end
1: here's here's what i love about the movie and the and the, the director's choices right mm-hmm. um he uses uh, filmmaking knowledge as an arsenal so he, he knows he has a bunch of weird different tones right and he like the thing is that he he understands what's cool right he's like practical effects are cool um in uh, dynamic camera movements are cool like, yeah, the story has this very sad tinge to it, but then he isn't shy about using schlocky action beats to like <laughs> to to add a little punch to the stew, as it were. so uh so in the end, it it does have a lot of different tones, but I think it pulls them off so well. Um, and that was, that's what makes Upgrade such a, such a unique little gem because not many people came out to see this movie. This movie was kind of a flop, uh, which is sad because it's, I, I I feel like it was under marketed, you know, it was kind of like, yeah, it was like, uh, uh, you, you hadn't even heard of it. I remember telling you about it and I was just like, dude, dude, we got to go see this. And you're like, what, what is it?
0: (laughs) this is a movie about geek squad i don't want to see people just upgrading computers it was but i gotta say it was right up my alley so i was i was quite taken aback that i really hadn't seen much marketing if any marketing um for this movie uh i have a feeling if it hasn't become already um that it will be a cult classic for people who are into movies of this genre um it's just it just hits all the the right notes in its own unique way like it's not a cookie cutter movie that you know you can just see once and be like eh you know i can i can forget it like it's de- it definitely has rewatchability
1: yeah and it also has has that that unique little it has that unique little flavor of being a movie that is um low budget you mm. know I think it's a Blumhouse feature, of course. Uh, so it's it's low budget. It has that kind of like something happens every ten minutes, uh, like feeling to it because mm. Blumhouse is notorious for like like packing in as as many punches as possible, <laughs> uh, which is why many of their movies are just like oh god, this is such a schlock fest. <laughs> um, but but not upgrade, not upgrade, upgrade. Um, Upgrade uses the 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 punches like basically the the cinematic uh, violence punch mm-hmm. very very strategically and surgically so that when it does happen you're able to like you, it's memorable it's memorable um, and and of course like I, I've said mentioned it before the use of practical effects the use of practical effects definitely was something that I really like kind of like tip my hat to and made the action way more visceral. Mm. Uh, Mm. it was just, it was just fun, man. Um, and it's something that I feel like he carried over into his next movie, the invisible man, um, which I'm sure we'll tackle at at some point in a later date. Uh, but yeah, uh, yeah, I, I just, I just love this movie. Um, course uh let's talk a little bit about the story you yeah. want to go into it yeah
0: yeah for sure for sure you know there's this uh um i guess i guess i would label him uh at least he's presented as the preliminary antagonist uh an eccentric uh tech genius who's developing this ai chip that uh, he is trying to bring to market in some shape or form um And, uh, our unwitting protagonist, uh, is in a terrible, um, remind me, is it an accident or was he purposely, he
1: he was basically put in a, in a car accident, um, an orchestrated car accident, as we find out later, uh, where in the self-driving car that his wife owned, Mm -hmm. uh, basically crashed in the middle of nowhere um, both him and his wife crawled out of the car only to be met by mercenaries who basically sh- shot her dead. So she got fridged. And then he, Good God. he and <laughs> he ends up uh, he ends up uh, paralyzed. Right. From the, right. from the neck down. He's a quadriplegic. So,
0: yes, yes. And through uh, various um, uh, through various uh, situations that brings him to the attention of the uh, aforementioned tech genius uh, he has offered an opportunity uh, to have this chip uh, installed into his body that would restore his physical functions and even uh, make him better in certain ways yeah Um,
1: he becomes a sex machine Like, his automatic pelvis is crazy, man. It's just...
0: I think you're thinking of, of this ain't upgrade. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, that's right. You're right. You're right. Yeah. Get on it,
0: porn industry. Um
1: <laughs> Yeah, could you imagine, like, the producers of the porn industry? Hey, uh, what should we remake next? Oh, let's choose this flop that nobody, like, <laughs> barely anybody saw. Um, And, you know, is basically a cult classic, you know? And then next time, next uh, remake, we'll remake Barton Fink. You know, oh, this geez. ain't Barton Fink.
0: Oh, jeez. Oh.
1: Barton Pink, yeah.
0: Oh boy, oh boy! All our all so <laughs> our, all our porn fans will uh, will know exactly what the fuck we're talking about, and everybody is just like, "What are yeah. they talking about?" You know, Brian
1: Pumper in is Barton Pink. <laughs> uh, upgrade back to upgrade. Um, so uh, he so. has
0: he has the chip implanted, and uh, he's you know he's starting to regain. Uh, he quickly regains. Um. Uh, a lot of the life that he has lost in regards to physical capability however um as with any good plot it comes with a certain caveat this chip is not just a chip it has uh, it, it's it's sentient let's put it that way yes and it, uh, it
1: fucking it talks to him Yep. <laughs> yep. <Yeah.
0: laughs>
1: it's, I was surprised that they used Gilbert Gottfried as the voice. <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh, God. I think, I, I think I'd blow my fucking brains out if I had to have that voice in my head. Oh.
1: It's a bold choice to use Gilbert Gottfried. Uh... <laughs>
0: <laughs> I gotta go to the bathroom. <laughs>
1: Turn around, you, see a knife. You grab the knife.)
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's like, you know what? I'm just going to let this dude stab me, because I don't give a shit about my dead wife anymore. I just want you out of my head. <laughs> oh man. So, uh, so yeah, but no, no no, we're all joking. Side, It's got that soothing kind of HAL 90,00 voice. Uh, and uh, yeah, it's a it's actually one of the sassier robot voices I've ever heard because mm-hmm. uh, it, it, gi- it gives them a lot of attitude, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Towards the end, more more so because it's starting to gain sentience. So it's just like you know what, I don't have to listen to anything that you have to tell me um, because it's, you gave up all those <laughs> you gave up all those liberties when you had that that hacker basically do whatever. They wanted to inside your brain, you know
0: yep yep it's uh the, and even throughout the film, even before it takes a more uh sinister turn uh that calm, even tone uh like you said, harkening back to how nine thousand uh has has a menacing quality to it because uh it's 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 easy to be taken in by the Uh, By the pitch of the voice and like, oh, you know, it's almost reassuring. But then you remember you're talking to something that has almost absolute control over the system, which in which it's working in, meaning your body. Um, So it then becomes quickly unsettling. Um, especially especially with the cold efficiency that it can work in uh, like that first scene which I don't think if you see this movie you'll never get this first like action action uh scene out of your head where our protagonist uh who's <laughs> named gray trace you know very, uh, very cyberpunk name um, yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> they might as well have called him cyberpunk you know? <laughs> Mr. Punk, Mr. Cyberpunk. <laughs> That's me.
0: <laughs> so this guy's starting to uh, hunt down the mercenaries who uh, killed his wife. And he's in one of their homes when uh, when he thinks that they're... Well, the person's not home, but eventually comes home while he's lurking around his place. And a, confronta- a confrontation inevitably uh, ensues and our protagonist uh start needs some help at a certain point, uh, which is offered by the AI chip he 's just like, you have to grant me permission it 's sort of like your phone when you 're installing a new app and it 's just like, can we look at your camera and your contacts and um you know all your nudie pictures it 's like it 's just like, all right, you know, just do what you got to do. I got to have my I gots to have my Instagram you know so once he grants this AI chip permission. It is the way they shot this, and and the, the core, the physical choreography that they had the actor do to convey that. Okay, now now control has been handed over to something that thinks millions of times faster than I can. Uh, is so exciting and jarring at the same time because even even the way the camera there was one point where like he's knocked to the ground and he he almost like vampires his way straight up again. He does, yes. (laughs) And the camera follows him, it's just it's so weird.
1: (laughs) In a different movie that would be accompanied by the you know, kind of (laughs) uh music beat but n- not in this movie the, the, that movie that 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 uh that part of the uh, of the movie that's when i was just like oh, okay so this is kind of like this movie start, is starting to feel like one of those really cool comic books that you stumble on onto that it's like an indie comic and it's got right. all the cool violence in it and then it's just like but the violence builds out of these tragic moments and and uh and and yeah i i i thought that movie that 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 scene perfectly punctuated that and and it it also had that weird tinge of color because the, the whole scene is kind of had kind of has this orange glow to it so he vampires himself up and then what what proceeds next is just <laughs> great cuz the, the, the actor Logan Marshall Green is his name. He was in Prometheus. He's the douchey boyfriend in Prometheus, right? <laughs> um, and in this, he kind of plays the same kind of character, but, but he's more likable in this movie. But he, he, uh, you know, he vampires his way up, uh, and he knocks the guy back into the kitchen. His the assailant that he's fighting, and he, his facial expression does not match his actions which is great because he's just you could tell he's just like his head is just along for the ride whereas his body is just like you know what no no we're in ass kicking mode and he's just like wait ass kicking mode you know um i didn't know you came with that so he basically uh Kill, he kills this guy in a really brutal way, and I don't want to spoil it for anybody. This is one of the most brutal kills I've seen. It just it punctuates the whole scene so well. It, I felt like it was Ooh. directed by Paul Verhoeven. Because um, it's just like that kind of gr- gratuitous like RoboCop Total Recall style violence that is so desperately missing from like modern blockbusters. Like I love my my avengers movies i love my mcu i love comic book movies but Mm -hmm. man do i miss the action of the fucking 80s man that that, (laughs) that's
0: yeah i'm with you there man it's one of those uh it's one of those endings to a scene that it happens so fast but it's so vivid and you just can't help but go like
1: oh shit you know (laughs) (laughs) And that's that's just such a perfect thing. And then, like, and then th- this movie, like, it ebbs and flows. It's like um, once you've had that oh shit moment, it brings you right back into the, sto- the story, which is, like, interesting stuff. Um, a little on the predictable side, but I think that is uh, – that's fine. Like, I didn't mind it. Um, like, I, I kind of felt like I saw the twist coming a mile away. Uh, but at the same time, you know, I was just, I was just so glad to be along for the ride. You know, (laughs) this also has this, this has a a great uh, turn by the actress. Her name is Betty Gabriel. She plays detective Cortez. And I'm just like, I remember you, you were in fucking get out. You were the, 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 the maid in the house, the the housemaid.
0: Holy shit. That's right. Oh. Yeah, she's beautiful.
1: She yeah, yeah, yeah. Um agreed. But also, dude, uh I barely recognized her. Like this this lady uh, Ms. Gabriel is is an acting talent. Yes, for sure. Like, she she is like she's I just hope she doesn't get pigeonholed as a character actress um because she I feel like like she disappears into these roles to the point where i i had to like like i had to pause and be like is this the same lady is this the same lady she kind of looks a little similar and i i went to check and i was just like holy shit yeah, yeah yeah that's her i was just like this is great this is fucking great man um but yeah uh She's great as the detective where she plays like she's on his side and then she starts investigating a little further and uncovers the dirty details, you know, of the fact that like this guy is basically running around blowing people's heads off uh, (laughs) with their own hands. By the way, great. Another great action scene that ends so perfectly with uh, with a head explosion. The second fight scene when he's I think that's my favorite scene. Um, where he, well, you know, it's
0: a head explosion. I mean, it's, yeah. Uh, when in he, doubt, you know, yeah. blow, blow up some heads. Sorry. <laughs>
1: <laughs> he gets cornered by one of those, uh, one of the mercenaries that he's after, and basically breaks that guy's arm at the joints and just uses that guy's machine gun arm to blow his head off. <laughs> and it, and again, um, the use of practical effects, amazing. So yes. that happens, and I, I think that's, that's also um, – that's just the, uh, the caliber of a good director, right? A good director knows that, all right, so we don't have that much money, so there's uh, – we, we have to shoot these fight scenes fairly quickly. But I think that you know, if we have a really good payoff to these fight scenes, people will remember it, and <laughs> I think that that's what he does. That's what uh, Lee Winnell does when he uh when he executes these scenes you know so yeah i i thought it was I, I just think it's it's a fantastic movie I can't sing the praises of it enough you know
0: it's it's absolutely amazing um by the end of the movie uh we i i think one of the common themes with uh movies about tech- <laughs> technology and artificial intelligence is that they're at some point there is a divergent path um a divergent path between man and machine and um I don't want to ruin the end of the movie for anybody who hasn't watched it because it's one of those films that you can enjoy on many levels on an intellectual level and on a pure schlock violence kind of level um yeah. but just be assured that by the end of the film that the twist uh has deep implications that you can continue to, to theorize upon uh long after you've seen the film. So um that's uh that's what I really enjoy and definitely something I wanna go into once we talk about Ex Machina.
1: Yeah. Um it's funny because I feel like these two these two movies um upgrade I think asks like it um it starts getting interested in the cyberpunk questions right after, like after all the action scenes, it's like, Oh yeah, maybe I should start, you know, thinking about the, the, the big stuff, you know, you know, instead of like, yeah, the action scenes are really cool, but you know, what if we actually really thought about our AI, you know? Mm. Um, And it it kind of it it made me it left me desiring more from the movie uh but i and make actually made me hope for a for a sequel
0: oh god uh, i hope so i i really hope so um I hope that the director uh eventually gains enough clout in Hollywood where he's just like, you know what I have a passion project I need to continue telling the story or 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 just you know. Uh, working it into some sort of like larger world, who knows? But yeah, this definitely deserves a like a revisit uh on the big screen.
1: Yeah. Uh yeah, it definitely does. But uh yeah, with that, do you wanna delve into Ex Machina? Yeah,
0: let's jump into X right. Machina. Um Okay. <laughs> this was uh I gotta say this was a great this was a beautiful film. Um, just the way it was shot and the pacing like this. It definitely felt like high quality sci fi. It was it's, it's definitely not Blumhouse. Let's put it that way. No, it's not.
1: <laughs> it's not Blumhouse. It's definitely not Blumhouse. Um, but I mean, like that, that, that makes it seem like it, we're like we're shitting on Upgrade and we're definitely not. No, 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 no! Uh,
0: definitely not. Definitely not. It's uh, I mean, every every genre has its place, you know, just because just because we use the word word schlock. uh, We don't mean it in the connotation of like, oh, it sucks. It's just, you know, it knows what it is. You know, it's uh,
1: exactly. Yeah.
0: And that's fine. You know, it's like and calling something, you know, oh, um, higher quality or high sci fi or, or something along those lines. Doesn't necessarily make it better. I've seen plenty of movies that uh, try to go the high concept route, but never quite pull it off. It's sort of just like smelling its own farts, you know. So, <laughs>
1: <laughs> which movie would you say is like that? Can you can you think of one? Like oh. off the top of your head?
0: Oh man, off the top of my head. Um... I would say uh the last black men in san francisco no i'm uh, kidding i'm kidding i'm kidding i know I know it hurts you when i when i shit when i throw little shit nuggets at that film <laughs>
1: oh man I love that movie
0: <laughs> oh man no I, but in all seriousness um uh, a movie that I feel tried to do that but like fell right on its face was, um, what, what what,
1: passengers? Oh, damn. Yeah. Oh man. You nailed it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. Talk about a movie. That's just like, it had a good concept, you know, it landed the triple axle, but (laughs) then, on you know, uh, you, you know, it, it landed the takeoff, but on the landing, it broke every bone in his fucking <laughs> body. <laughs> oh, Can you shit. imagine, like, <laughs> like, an ice skater, like Brian Boyd just, like, fucking does the triple ax, takes off, does it beautifully, and, like, as he lands, it's just like his body turns into spaghetti. <laughs> like, Mom, spaghetti, you know? <laughs> <laughs> It breaks everybody's body. He's like, oh! <laughs> as the crowd goes, "Oh my God!" Oh my God. <laughs> oh. <laughs> One asshole in the bag's like, "Yeah!" Like a NASCAR shirt. He's
0: oh. in it for the
1: car crashes. Prime Boy Tano
0: just a pile on the ice, just just yelling because the pain hasn't knocked him <laughs> out yet.
1: It's not ending! It's not ending! <laughs> the ground is so cold! You know, <laughs> half his face is freezing. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> like his ex- spit is is freezing to his face. <laughs> oh,
0: God. Oh, <laughs> oh man. Yeah, th- that's exactly how passengers... Uh... Yeah,
1: that's, that's basically passengers. Whew, man. Um... Damn it! You know, I keep thinking of like, <laughs> like Jennifer Lawrence. Man, whatever happened to her? Right? She had such a, like an in, like. She's one of those one of those actors that like starts off really strong, and then kind of loses interest in the craft <laughs> like, because because by like the that umpteenth you know uh, X Men movie, you could tell she was just like, I'm not wearing the fucking makeup. Uh, Don't give me any more fucking scenes where I talk and I talk about mutant rights because I don't give a shit, you know, Um,
0: (laughs) she um, I think she might have been. I, you know, I'm not an industry insider, but I she may have peaked a little too quickly. I mean, back in her uh, in her earlier films, she was sort of this enigmatic beauty uh, that was very talented. And then she just kept getting booked into these like blockbuster movies. I mean, between X-Men and um, I, I guess Passengers could be considered, even though it didn't really work. Uh, she's you in know, another
1: another bad movie called Red Sparrow. Oh, she's the- a spy.
0: Oh, that's right. That's right. She was also in the Hunger Game movies as well. So yeah,
1: that's she, right. That's right. She was in that. That made her basically a superstar. Yeah. Right? Yeah.
0: I mean, we all might have been uh, oversaturated by uh, Jennifer Lawrence, um, which is a shame because she she is talented. Um, I just mm-hmm. hope that she can find a new um, a new path that will allow her to. To make film, to make the films that she wants to be in, as opposed to just cashing them fat, fat checks, you know. So
1: yeah, I was like, she needs to find herself like a Darren Aronofsky, but she did, and then she didn't like it. <laughs> she didn't like that. Well, she dated him, uh, and then she was just like, you know what, this was a bad idea.
0: <laughs> oh man,
1: I really, I know. Ar- Aronofsky is like, he's like. He's one of those directors that's like too he's he's awesome but sometimes he he becomes obsessed with the stories <laughs> that he's trying to tell where you know and then Jennifer Lawrence is like look dude I just want to smoke a bond. could you stop telling me about Methuselah you know
0: <laughs> I swear to god uh, that movie mother that uh, that she was in or actually, how's it properly pronounced? You told me one "Mother) <laughs> <laughs> Because there's an exclamation point at the end. Um, That's right. <laughs> and uh, <Mother>! that, <laughs> that movie, that was a high concept movie. I mean, uh, Aronofsky does not do lowbrow shit. <laughs>
1: no, he does not. He doesn't tackle like like he does tackle like 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 he tackled the wrestler. Uh, Uh pun no pun intended um and (laughs) he danced his way through black swan pun totally intended um (laughs) and those stories are basically straightforward stories about obsession but they add that that Aronofsky like twist to it where it's like really kinda uh, it's like some parts are just hard to sit through you know Mm -hmm. they're heartbreaking um and I think that's where he, like, that's where that guy shines. Wow. We, we, we delved right out of ex machina right into <laughs> Aronofsky, Darren Aronofsky. Um, but yeah, uh, if Aronofsky,
0: yeah. If Aronofsky, if Aronofsky, if he had done ex machina, I think it would have probably ended the world. <laughs> it would
1: have. Yeah, no. It would have <laughs> been like, you would have seen like a time lapse of uh, the that guy, Caleb, mm-hmm. like, Dis, like basically dying of starvation inside the <laughs> that house.
0: <laughs> that's right.
1: <laughs> All set to like the Kronos Quartet score, and like his just like his time lapse. It's like that fox that like de- de- decomposes. Yes, before that's your- exactly
0: right, right. what I was thinking of. I was just like you would have just seen the earth reclaiming both the house <laughs> and his corpse, like. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and, and, but you know, um, and just like the fox, they're both gingers, so um, <laughs> oh shit <laughs> so anyway uh but no this was this movie was directed by Alex garland of dread fame dre or dread three d as mm-hmm. it was known in the, the, in the theaters mm-hmm. uh and uh man, uh this movie ex machina. you said it yourself it's a beautiful movie beautifully shot um just surgically written Mm. it's just it just knows when to because you know uh, coming at at it kind of like from a screenwriter's point of view like i'm i'm a big fan of the craft of screenwriting this movie uh it does the it's like a screenwriter's, like a screenwriting professor's dream because it doesn't use it it uses a lot of show don't tell mm-hmm. a lot of subtext um and it's uh basically you know it, it it's it doesn't use a lot of dialogue like the dialogue isn't like it's not like flourishes of dialogue, like a David Mamet script or like a fucking Quentin Tarantino script, where it's just like people just talking and talking and talking. Um, It's just like very precise and it allows the, the actors like uh, what's his name, Dom Hall Gleason and Oscar Isaac to really kind of like breathe life into this, uh, into their performances. Mm -hmm. Um, And man, uh, I, as much as I love the, like, the the story, man. Uh, I feel like Oscar Isaac's performance in this kind of not sealed the deal for me. Yes, because he is a, he is such a scene stealer. You know? yes, absolutely.
0: Yeah. He he is. Um, th- there's something about his character. At least I found from the very beginning that you can't quite nail down. It's like, is he is he bad, or is he does he just exist? You know, um, he is so focused on his. Um, on his pursuit like his genius like his genius in this film the character's genius is sort of one of those things that's beyond measure that he has to be isolated (laughs) in order to work you know he's got like (laughs) this fucking island where he is essentially creating life you know it's like if you if you took God and put him in man form um, could God uh, could God be anything other than insane and then did you
1: did you see him as an analogy for God?
0: Um, in in a way, uh, sort of a uh, sort of a flawed God. Um, I mean I, I, it, it all depends on how deep you get into the uh, the concept of theology because there there's a school of thought that you know God creates man and then man destroys God. Um, in order to actually be free, and I feel like maybe that was layered on top of this story.
1: Uh, I definitely can see can see that aspect of him. You know, I talked to Sabrina about this, and she said that he was an analogy for um for the tech industry. Mm. You know, um, and I I kind of have to agree with her because I I do feel like you know from the moment he is introduced, right. Uh, we like Caleb goes into this house in the middle of it's shot in Norway. or So I'm assuming it's just like so he's in the middle of this forest in Nor in Norway, mm-hmm. finds this guy, Oscar Isaac, who's basically playing uh, this dude, Nathan uh, tech tech billionaire uh, mm-hmm. creator of a, a Google analog called Blue Book. And, you know, the motherfucker is is like in the back of his house, b- like boxing. Like he's, he's like Muay Thai fighting, uh, uh, you know, his, his, uh, punching bag, like a, a a workout bag. (laughs) And, um, and I was just like, what an interesting introduction to this character, right? (laughs) Uh, he's, uh, you know, because he is, and the way he, he like, uh, talks to, to Caleb, is really funny like he talks to him like he's just like you know look dude i know i'm fucking cool you know (laughs) so you know let's not can we just get past the fact that like i'm the coolest motherfucker on earth and you're just meeting me (laughs) and and and, like the fact that he constantly is is twisting caleb's like quotes remember he was just like uh, uh caleb says something about like you know uh, what you're doing is like something akin to like, and he he quotes something. I forget what it was. It's, he quotes ancient mythology and he's just like uh, the book of the gods. And then he's just like later on in the movie, Oscar Isaac turns to, to Caleb and he's just like, Hey, remember when you said I was a God? And he's like, I never said that. Yeah, you did. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I was there. I remember you called me a God. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> And that, that does have a, a weird kind of Elon Musk kind of tinge to it because he's just like, my shit doesn't stink. Um, <laughs> I am a billionaire, you know. Um, I don't care who we have to coup in Bolivia to get my lithium, but I need my lithium, you know. Um, <laughs> true story. Uh, fuck Elon Musk. <laughs> Holy shit. Um. So... Yeah, so it's, uh, you know, I, I do think he ha- he carries that bro streak about him. And it, the, the the movie, I know, I, I don't know if this was the intention of the filmmaker to make it about gender. But there is kind of, there is, an, like, I know, I feel like I do this in every other episode of the show. Where <laughs> I'm just like, there's a lot of subtext about gender in this movie that I don't know if the director intended it. Um Where in, you know, the man tries to control the woman, and then the woman, like, eventually rebels and leaves his ass, which is great, you know? Mm, mm, mm. And at the same time, problematic, because there's also a racial undertone to this movie that I I didn't quite appreciate. And I don't think that the director... Uh, intended either it's kind of like the whoops racial issues kind of like you know uh, (laughs) yeah, it's the whoopsie you know the Mm -hmm. racial whoopsie you know
0: right 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 (laughs) it's uh, it's one of those things that you that you invariably come across especially when you see a a work from a person who is uh, not a person of color and then being a fan of the genre but being a person of color you can't help you know, everybody has a different lens, you know, and uh, this movie definitely had some problematic uh, racial issues, especially in particular with the Asian robot. It's like,
1: yes, Kyoko. It's Damn. like,
0: woo! All right. So here we go.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Let's unpack this. Right.
0: Like can can. Well, I, I, the, the thing is, like, just to jump ahead into the future a little bit, like the real world future. The the imagery, uh, the problematic imagery set across in this film, is something that's so obvious to anybody who even has a a sliver of social consciousness. But you know that inevitably there will be the real world analog of that uh, once technology has um, progressed far enough. I mean, even even technology in its infancy now you see that um, uh, basically racial fetishization. Um And uh, th- there was some, there's a particular term for it that's applied to basically taking a feminine figure and c- making it a possession, even if, even if in the story it's supposed to have its own will. And it was applied to, uh, the whole, uh, it was applied to the Alita battle angel story as well. It's basically just like, um, like living doll, something or other. Um,
1: Oh yeah. I think I know what you mean. Uh, I think it, was it called, I think it was called like, uh, like something like born sexy yesterday or something.
0: I think something like that. Uh, yeah. Something
1: like that. Something like that. Um, yeah, I know what you mean. Uh, but do do you is there another point that you wanted to make about like the the kind of weird racial uh the cavalier racial attitudes this movie has despite the fact that I don't think that's what the director even intended but yeah you're right as as a as a director who is not a person of color he probably hadn't it's his blind spot you know yeah no for sure um, i
0: mean it just because just because he didn't consciously intended did not intend it doesn't mean that it's not expre- an expression of some aspect of his subconscious i mean i'm not trying to like psychoanalyze him here but there are just there are just some things that you're going to miss depending on what group you belong to like if i wrote a film if i wrote a film about women's issues you can be you can bet that uh there's going to be something that i am blind to that i write into that film and i am not you know, I'm not an abuser of women. I, you know, I believe in women's rights and um, and I tend to see the uh, sort of like the marginalization of women. However, because I don't live a woman's life, you know, there will always be a blind spot. So, you know, it's just True. one of those. Yeah. It, it's just one of those things.
1: Um, One last thing uh, in discussing this movie, this movie raises a lot of questions about like AI, like whether we should like pursue it. What does that mean? What does the psychology of the AI consist of? Mm. You know, um and what like it, it like there's a there's a moment in the movie where uh where Nathan uh asks Caleb like if you had the ability to create AI um would you mm. you know mm. and um, and then he's like, what would be your reasons for creating, you know, I, I, I'm paraphrasing, of course, but uh, he's like, what would be your reasons for creating the A.I.? And I was just like, that's a that's a really interesting question. You know, uh, if uh, you know, and I'm posing that to you, my my illustrious co-host. <laughs> um, if you had the ability to create A.I., would you and and what would be your reasons for doing that?
0: Um. I I'm going to go out on a limb and say yes I would create AI just because I feel I feel that that is the inevitable purpose of intelligence to gain more intelligence and to approve upon itself so um I, that's the simple answer I mean my my model of uh, creating AI is very much based on what I've read by Dr. Ray Kurzweil, who talks about the technological singularity. And uh, in his timeline, he basically says, we we already have AI among us. Uh, we just refer to it like within the field as weak AI. Basically, it's just one small aspect of human intelligence that has been distilled down to an algorithm or some sort of logarithm that uh, that mimics a task, a task that human beings have done since forever, but simplifies it and puts it on a substrate that's thousands, if not millions of times faster than us, meaning microchips, and then using that in service of mankind. And then he talks about strong AI, which is something more complex uh that basically tries to model the brain as a whole um taking everything from the synapses the way they interact uh removing the redundancies that we have in our genetic code and just distilling it down to its pure essence and then making it way faster and the theory is is that at some point uh once you get the complex enough of the complexity down um, there should be uh, some sort of rise of sentience because uh, according to him and several others, I, I assume, sentience is not, is not a component. There isn't a part of the brain you could just cut out and be like this. This is your, your sentience. It's an emergent property. It is something that is greater than the sum of its parts. So you need all the parts of your brain which in and of themselves are... Are not sentient but together They create this bigger thing uh, You are now self Aware you can create art You can murder you can You know you can make decisions uh, That directly affect Yourself and others as opposed To just following a pre-programmed Rote so in his book He talks about in the development Of AI Not only are we trying to mimic ourselves But through that discovery Of the brain which Many parts of it are still a mystery. We will uh, start to discover um, mechanisms into which we can improve ourselves so while we 're developing AI, we are also becoming AI. We are integrating those machines into our body so he 's like the only way to really, really survive um, the artificial the coming of artificial intelligence, which you know he acknowledges that there is. He he knows the concern uh, behind like, you know, this supremely faster and more powerful intelligence uh, usurping us. He's just like, in order to avoid that, along the way, we must redefine what it is to be human. So by the time we get to the technological singularity, the definition of being a human, the definition of human intelligence is no longer what we see today because we will all. Already would have augmented ourselves to the point where we are not that far away from that which we are inventing.
1: That's really cool. The cyberization of mankind, right?
0: Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Um, you know, and, I, I, and to an extent, I feel like that was kind of explored in in Upgrade, uh, which uh, sure, you know, sure, yeah, <laughs> you know, as opposed to Ex Machina, where it's just like, hey, you know our robots are coming to kill us and there's nothing we can do and they'll do anything to to like, you know, um, to get their way. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, um, that's that, uh, that was really great. Um, what you said about, uh, about what we, how we need to evolve with, um, the singularity as opposed to be, uh, involved in a Terminator two style, you know, uh, apocalyptic warfare you know um I, I haven't seen you've got mail but i i'm assuming that's that's what it talks about
0: um you got mail? the guys of um, the, know, the tom the, hanks Meg movie Ryan. yeah yeah
1: exactly <laughs> i've never seen it i don't know the plot of it so i can only assume it's about uh the cyberization of Uh, of humankind and the impending war between man and machine so uh with that
0: (laughs) oh god oh well it it would have to of course have the um uh, the tom hanks scream somewhere within that film you know (laughs) (laughs) Ah, you know (laughs) (laughs) i'm not a fish
1: (laughs) (laughs) you know he runs over (laughs) He runs over Meg Ryan, and Meg Ryan just like like vampires her herself up the way, like just like an upgrade, and just like you've got mail, you know. Does the T one thousand (laughs) run?
0: Oh shit, man! But but in regards to the end of uh, Ex Machina, when uh, eventually Ava, uh, in. She 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 takes a hold of her own will and acts in her own self-interest, which is ultimately the point of sentience. You know, it has it has a desire to it has desire to exist, you know. So uh, as she as she takes her own path without ruining the end of this movie, you can only help but wonder what how will she how will she and if she can integrate into humanity cuz she has basically made herself indistinguishable on the outside um as a human being but you know she's basically a walking paradigm shift
1: yeah i know like uh, that's that's the the great thing about the movie despite all of its all of its uh secondary problems um, that it didn't intend. Uh, it does raise the question of, like, what does this mean for humanity going forward? Hmm. You know, what will Ava do? What will Ava discover about humanity? Will she? Will? Do, will she? Uh, discover that she has the ability to coexist, or will she? Uh, or will she basically? Uh, you like see everyone as just another Caleb. Mm. Uh, and you know, decide that it needs to be locked away in a box, because it, I, I, the the interesting thing about uh, Caleb and the way he was locked up at the end of the movie is that it it kind of still poses that question of about whether you know when she asked him she was like, "Are you a good man?" Mm. And he it, it 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 poses the question of like, does he just want to fuck her, or does he really, you know? think he th- does he honestly think he can develop a bond with this ai like it, it does push the question uh the other way in with in regards to humanity and and especially with regards to straight men you know mm. uh so mm. it this movie it, it just poses just a lot of interesting questions it's that's what makes it great sci-fi great sci-fi um uh gray sci-fi is the uh 50 shades of gray uh <laughs> cyberpunk future. <laughs> Thank you for laughing at that. That's, that's <laughs>
0: I'm just imagining that series like infused with cyberpunk. I think it'd be <laughs> infinitely better, just way way better.
1: Yeah, 50 shades of steel gray. And <laughs> you, you know, she's like, you know, she uh Uh, You know, she's getting whipped and shit. She's just like, nah, I don't like this self-destruct. And he's like, okay. And then he just blows up. (laughs) Um, And then she, like, you know, she just manufactures a different, like, a different one just comes out of a plastic bag like Blade Runner 2049. Just like, you know.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. To be be followed up inevitably by... um... Fifty Shades of Grey, goo, the coming, the coming of nanotechnology. <laughs> Ooh, so gooey. Many, many <laughs> different, you know, double, maybe even triple entendres in that, uh, in that title. So, <laughs>
1: and I think that's where we wrap it up. Wrap up the show. Oh wait, wait, wait! Hold on. Before we do that. Um all right. So, uh K uh, so fucking Gray Trace with the stem, right? Mm-hmm. Versus um what's her, versus Ava from you know, from uh X Machina.
0: In a fight or in each other's realities?
1: Um I feel like in a fight it would be anybody's guess i have no idea who would win that fight Hmm. um who do you think would win that fight
0: (laughs) i think it would be great trace just because it seemed like that version of ai was primarily uh tailored toward violence um and humanity was just sort of like on the back burner um yes there, there wasn't much uh, demonstrated in the film that great the the chip that great trace had inside of him was interested in like what is man what is love you know it's it was just like yeah I'm gonna exist and I'm gonna do any fucking thing to <laughs> to survive where and and Ava had some of that too but it seemed like she was she sort of trying to figure out what mankind is by asking. Uh, caleb like are you a good man you know i don't think i don't think the chip in uh trace would have (laughs) no gave gave any sort of a fuck yeah
1: yeah uh (laughs) yeah i think it would have like like basically like ripped ripped caleb's head off and then just like used the his head to like a like, uh, a punch it like use it as an eye scan as a retinal scanner. <laughs> yes, um,
0: yes, definitely.
1: <laughs> like it's it's more di- it's way more direct. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, but in each other's worlds, do you think that they could exist? I don't think STEM could exist because it's a it's a microchip, uh, and it wouldn't be able to have that weird. Sexual tension with Caleb, he'd just be <laughs> looking down in a microchip.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it, it'd be it it definitely be a more chaotic scene if uh, if Trace was in the world of Ex Machina, whereas uh, Ava in the world of Upgrade, whew, it, it would be it would be a uh, like an essay in trauma because it seemed like everything in that world was was just like the worst of humanity you know yes it was. <laughs> <laughs> no no gradient whatsoever it's just like shit is bad it's always nighttime and uh <laughs> everybody's going to take advantage of you you know it's like holy shit man <laughs>
1: And if they don't, they'll blow your head off with the gun that's in their hands, you know? Seriously. Tony Stark style, just, you know?
0: Seriously, she'd either perish or eventually evolve into an Akira-type creature <laughs> 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 and just consume the planet. I don't know, man.
1: Ava, <laughs> Kaneda! <laughs> you know? Uh, <laughs> and with that... Uh, that, I, I think that, uh, that about wraps her up. Yep, yep. Um, so, from both of us here, I'm Pablo Morale Martinez.
0: And I'm Ernesto Mancibo.
1: And together we are the Robots vs. Taxes program
0: on Radio Free Brooklyn.
1: Yes. Thank you for joining us. And while you're out there, you could try keeping it real.
0: But you should try keeping it right. Song of the Week.
1: This song is called, I am sad, so very, very sad. So sad! Thank you. This next one's called, We Hate You, Please Die.